Welcome, everybody. This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book this week. I watched a show. This week, we are covering Love, Victor in conjunction with Love, Simon. Love, Victor, the sequel to Love, Simon, came out in 2018, one of the first major um, gay teen experiences ever committed to film. This is the Hulu TV show follow-up to that. Um, if you haven't heard of either one of these, uh, Love, Simon is about a teenager in high school figuring how to take ownership of his coming out. He, he knows what, that he's gay, but he doesn't have any idea how to navigate that experience of, of actually coming out. Love, Victor is kind of a, a continuation of that. A new kid is moving to the same school after Simon has just graduated. They connect through uh, some text messages as uh, Victor is questioning his own sexuality, isn't sure who, what he's into. And this is kind of the journey of figuring out what that, what he is into and realizing that everybody has their own path. So we, we thought this was a really cool opportunity to do this. So yeah, uh, we're going to start off with the, with the author. The book came out in 2015 and is titled Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which is no. a joke in the book because that's the famous negative assumption of the homosexual mm. agenda. So they're, they're, the big quote is that everybody should have to come out, whether you're straight or gay. Like, why is it just an awkward... Troubling, <laughs> yeah, default, revelatory yeah. experience. Everybody just should have to for, say what they're. Yeah, well, yeah. they're the kind of challenging the idea, the idea of normality of just the well, you know this is just the automatic set and this is the way it's supposed to be. And if you're anything other than that, then you're somehow you have problems. Oh, yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah, this is definitely the a big challenge to that. The book was written by a gal, Becky Albertalli, and mm. she lives in a suburb of Atlanta. The premise and main location of the show is the suburbs of Atlanta, and she was raised also there. She still it. lives there with her husband and two sons. There's references to Waffle House. It's very much if you're in the yeah. South, you identify with <laughs> this location. Which is a particular point of view. I mean, again, it is like, it is very, very much the Deep South, um, where this, I mean, it's kind of portrayed as a very metropolitan area, the suburbs, that still is kind of lending to, there's still a lot of tension. <laughs> right. And particularly you, the question of you might not know who else in your school is also. Right. And I think I think that was a particular and we'll get into all of this, but I think that was a particular opportunity with Love Victor as a kind of a, a, an answer to the first film, very internal, singular, uh, you know, navigating his own coming out. Love Victor is kind of a, a chance if it's a TV show to open it up and and have the revelatory moment of realizing that everybody is on their own journey that was kind of the 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 grab for me that was like well oh maybe we maybe we ought to pay attention to this especially in terms of the show but um yeah. i thought that should just be a really great opportunity if you use the schools kind of the main the main setting simon is coming going out victor's coming in and he's not sure of himself this is a great opportunity to kind of illustrate that point of well neither is anybody else at this mm -hmm. time in their life and Victor um, has a whole new set of problems coming in that Simon doesn't have, and it's a different experience. Yeah, we'll so get it won't in, we'll be the same that, yeah. thing. Yeah. So the, who who is this gal Becky, and how did she become the one to write <laughs> all of this? She, like I said, raised in Atlanta. She got her all the way up to her doctorate in clinical psychology. Oh, so that's how she knows about this stuff is because she spent her life working with kids. Yeah specifically kids that are LGBTQ or gender non-conforming. So she has, and obviously she's like, she's none of now. these people are based on people that I work very hard. That's 
confidentiality. Right. But I've come to understand this. She's seen a lot of different perspectives. Uh, I'm sure she's worked with a ton of different people who have had a ton of different stories. Um, That's kind of the point with a lot of this is it's it's different for everybody. Um, There's a lot of stories and we should be telling them. You know, she she was asked, what is it like writing a character that's so different from you? And she was like, well, I haven't done that yet, so I don't really know. Like, she was the awkward theater kid in high school, and she didn't get the main roles, and she was struggling with crushes. and I mean, same thing as all of these characters. Yeah. And so I think that that is also something that we'll get into is kind of what what story do you tell and and how do you tell it? Interesting, just as a, a connection to one of our other episodes, she went to school at Wesleyan, and I don't know if that rings a bell for you, Evan, but when she went there, she was a freshman, and there was a senior who was advertising a flyer on the wall to audition, and it was Lin-Manuel Miranda's oh my God. senior thesis play. No. So she said- she- <laughs> Just last week? Uh, yeah. The ties. <laughs> the universe she, uh, is small. And she was like, crazy. I didn't know who he was, but certainly he was probably already super successful by that point. Anyway, she said she auditioned for his senior thesis play, did horrible, <laughs> and uh, did not get the part <laughs> at oh all. God. So after she went to school, she moved to DC and was working full time at a school, like I said, with kids being yeah. a psychologist. She took a step back in 2012 because she had her first kid. And she was mm. home and she it was at the point where she was like, well, at some point I could go back looking for a full-time job again, but she had a interest in writing. And so she's like, yeah. well, this is my one shot. I'm going to start writing this novel and let oh, it be man. my opportunity. If it doesn't, she like, I that was that. the freedom. She found the, she realized the window of opportunity. There was another, another story. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, maybe a couple months back now that I realized that, that I highlighted. It's like, ah, being able to realize a particular window of opportunity is such a skill that pays mm-hmm. dividends. If you can train yourself to kind of understand what that's, that's, that's so much of the battle here is understanding when you have the shot, when this is it. Uh, not yeah. not putting it off for another for some you know pipe dream next next tomorrow next week next month yeah. next year that kind of stuff. And she's also saying she got the mom gene in her blood now from this. And she well, that, that said, was a whole. I mean, and she probably need that needed that to write it. That's a whole other aspect of at least of, of Love Simon is you know the coming out to. I mean, it definitely is in Love Victor, but coming out to the parents and how what is the parent actually going to think. Now she has the, yeah. the tools and skill set to actually put herself in that in those shoes. Again, going back to what you said earlier of uh, writing characters different than herself. Well, she became that. She became the mom too. You have to be everybody, right? Uh, right. And, and and she was she was. And that's the thing. She has all of these different perspectives on it. For a long time, she was working with these kids, and now she is the person that it's like, oh, maybe I what what. What would happen? So she had said, at the very least, talking about her first son, whoever he turns out to be, if he needs this message from his mom, this book will be here. Mm. So that was a big reason that she wrote it. And also the freedom to say, she's not an author. She has no training. She doesn't have her MFA. She had no expectation that this would even be published or that she would even know how to self-publish it. So she was just writing it. Let alone it become a huge major studio film with a huge tv follow-up and a touchstone pivot in terms of media to say oh yes. well, we can tell a optimistic positive story yes with complications because it's a, it's a story with plot but but that this isn't a tragic tale yes 
Yes, that this um, is that we can tell these types of stories in different types of of tone and genre. That it is mm-hmm. not always some forlorn tragedy in, in big or small. This can be really dynamic, and it, we can do it without all of the pretense and still talk about some things. But it, it's very. I, I, I guess that's why everybody has jumped on it along the way. Is it is really a a dynamic opportunity to exhibit mm-hmm. all of these different pieces. So her work in coming up with this. I couldn't believe this. Four months she wrote the whole book. What? And and what? just one. <laughs> yeah, I've never done it before. <laughs> well, here and we go. done. And one month of <laughs> revising. This is and my life's yeah. changed. <laughs> that's well, amazing. so that's what's that's what's crazy is now she has this thing in five months. Yeah. Was, so here's the story. Also, nobody else has this sort of story. So she's like, my experience can provide no advice to anyone because she said she was at a mixer at this Atlanta writers conference shortly after Mm -hmm. finishing this thing. And she knew there was this agent, Brooks Sherman, who was not taking unsolicited material. So she said she just walked up to him, gave an incoherent pitch. He was like, sure, probably not, but send me a query. (laughs) So she sent the query after a week And he emailed again, requesting the full thing. Then a day later, he requested a call, and then he offered to be her agent. That was all within the same week after this writer's conference. So then the weekend passes, and the next work week, he goes to submissions for an editor. And that afternoon, this editor, Donna Bray, made an offer. So three days from when she signed the agent at that writer's conference to when an editor bought the book, which is crazy because okay. you hear about months and years. Pause and right, yeah, no, rejection. pause right there. What took three days actually can take someone's entire life. Yeah. That process, getting between those three hands, can take an artist, a writer, their entire lives, almost. Mm-hmm. We're talking about somebody who just sat down for the first time to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. that... I, that speaks to the material. It is teeming with opportunity. There's so much here that has not been tapped, that has not been exhibited, and it's not and it's not coming from some sort of preachy place. This is coming from somebody who's going, "Hey, I don't I don't know anything. All I know is that this is a type of story that should exist. It should be out there. That's it. Yeah. That's really all it is. And I hope that if my kid needs this, uh, it's there for them, and they know where I stand. Yeah, and how, I think how also, simple is yeah. that. A big piece of it too, they say there's no overnight successes. Like her writing, she said in the the process of this, she went back to all of her journals as a teenager and there are lines lifted word for word, though she won't say which ones. And there's so much in relation to her family. Like she had been writing this her whole life. It wasn't just like, oh, I wrote it in four months. No, from when she was 14 and felt awkward in high school and didn't know what to do and didn't have the support, all of the stuff that she went through to her being a clinical psychologist and working with kids in school and hearing what they have to say, like that's all her writing. And then she just put it on the page. We keep showing that in in this show over and over again, that people's whole life experiences are brought with them into their work that more often than not, that people that have their work uh, renowned and carried forth in the zeitgeist, they have paid attention to what is mineable out of their own experiences, and they brought that with them. There's nothing more valuable than your own thoughts and your own experiences. Do not discount them. Uh, if you've ever been sitting out there thinking about wanting to write, you've got pieces of stories, you've been living it. 
you've had these interactions time and time again. You've felt these things. Those are the important things. And this is yeah. what she this is what she knew. What we just said, I, I, I want to harp on that for any creative out there is you're 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 living you're living your art. It's just up to you to actually put it down. And people have asked her constantly because this is her first thing. She's not a professional, you know, quote, professional writer, whatnot. They're like, well, what inspires What does that even you? mean anyway? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> they're like, they're like, well, you inspire me so much. What inspires you? And so she had said her favorite books as a teen was The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Ooh, yes. Explaining how she's standing on the shoulders of giants. She is not. This isn't coming out of a vacuum. She's not the per- first person. Yes, I love. Oh, I love knowing that. Romance, be, you know, I love knowing that in particular. A person being a wallflower is a huge inspiration for me. Uh, and this is while watching Love, Love Simon, and even into Love Victor. There's elements of person being a wallflower that I definitely. I was. I was recognizing. I wasn't saying it was coming out of there, but it's actually. I, I like knowing the lineage of these ideas and seeing yeah. ideas born out of other ideas. That's that's how we progress. Thought coming out of any type of art is what's mm-hmm. the next step of this conversation. So I, I love being able to see that. Yeah, and of course, she, everybody as a teenager loved Harry Potter. She was saying the one person that I didn't know about, and she always recommends this person, is Jacqueline Moriarty, an Australian author, specifically. Oh the book, The Year of Secret Assignments, and I'll post links to all the information that I put out here. But the big thing that she was saying is, this is about these kids in an Australian high school. And she was saying, I don't need, this is Becky, the author of Love, Simon, talking about it. She said, I don't need characters that look or think or act like me. I don't need my heart to be broken or even amused or for these characters to make me swoon, though all of her characters do. This Jacqueline Moriarty, she's just like, I need a character with a heart and a voice and a pulse. And it's mm. like, I, it's hard for me to describe her stories because they aren't epic. There's not a tragic hook. Her characters aren't even larger than life, but they're just so real. Yeah. And that's what people gravitate to Becky's work yes. for as well is because it's like, oh, I, I know every single one of these characters, all these side characters, everybody just feels like they are a human being and they're not a cliche or a copy or a trying to make it feel like this is somebody. You you reading it going they they're feeling this yeah. I've felt this uh, yeah. th- that starts to transcend just you know words on a page that 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 and so if you're interested in Becky's work she recommends this author Jacqueline Moriarty she is a like I said a young adult author she has a bunch of books in various series but I found it was interesting because like I said she's a young adult author her sister. Leanne Moriarty is the author of Big Little Lies and various other works that have oh. are coming into film adaptations. She is also an yes. Australian author, but she has more of the like adult drama right. area. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, yeah. But they're both in that sphere. That's very, very interesting. And just harping back to some of these other works, like Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, just for those that are interested, David Levithan has a famous book called Boy Meets Boy. Bill Konigsberg has a book called Openly Straight. Brett Hardinger had a book came out in 2003 called The Geography Club, which was rejected mm. 17 times. Like there are, she, she references all of these other works that people, yeah. maybe because you're not keyed into that, or it's just at the time of publishing in the early 2000s and even before, really hard to get that recognition. And yes. so she doesn't, she's humble in the sense of like, I didn't time come up with changed. this stuff. Yeah. 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 And just the fact that I put this out here in 2015 and then a movie got made in 2018. And now here we are. But like, if you think, oh, 
how do I get into this? It's like, wow, you're in for a treat. Like I'll, I'll post a link to this website that has, here are all the works that you might be interested in or works oh, that are man. related to this or based on tone and genre or who's partnering Whoa. with who, or like, it's all laid out for you. If you get the itch that you need scratched or you think, wow, this is so original. It's like, not really. <laughs> there's, there's been plenty. That's what I, that's, I think in particular is what's so interesting about uh, Love, Simon, Love, Victor is this work has been passed around, but it's not been making it to the mainstream. It's not been making it to the theater coming out Friday nights. It's not been coming out on, you know, a Hulu original with all this towards, you know, these stories have are only now trickling into the actual forefront of mainstream media. That's the important thing. It's not that, that she did it first, that this is the, oh, the very first piece of, of media like this in any exit. It's that this is the first one that actually had enough momentum behind it, given timing and all the other factors. This is the first one that actually got it to this level. And that's the important thing is bringing a story like this to these platforms at this level. It's not particularly the story itself, how incredible the characters are, how amazing the the plot. It's not exactly that. It is what it stands for going yeah. forward. It's 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 unmistakable. It's huge, and I, I, it's I love seeing people kind of get just jump on the train for this thing along the way. But it's not to say that this is the only thing. This the only thing right. that it's the first. It's the greatest. It don't ever you no. Know, it's it's just the timing was right. Finally, this kind of story mm-hmm. is making it to this level. And she had said, you know, she understands that people may not feel okay with her being the one because she's very clued into ownership of stories, who has a right to tell what. And she said, you know, I was not privy and most people were not because like you said, things were not even coming out into the mainstream, but those conversations in 2013. And it is a balance because she gets emails from people who are saying, hey, this completely changed my life. And then other emails saying, who, how dare you? You aren't the person who should have written this. And like she's saying, I may not reach that level of authenticity, but this book still has a role. And like you right, said, right place, right. right time. And the amount of people that have reached out to her positively for that particular thing. She even said also she gets a lot of questions for Love, Simon writing from the other character's point of view. And mm-hmm. That I mean, and that's the reason that like Love Victor, she's not involved in it's based on her work, but there are other writers and other people because of the diversity and the difference of experience. So she's like, people always ask me, would you write a book from that other character's perspective? And she's like, no, because I don't that that's not my story to tell. That's a completely different story from a completely different person and a different. On that situation. note, when it comes to her characters, uh, and and this, I guess, is also attributed to Isaac Apter and, and Elizabeth Barger, the showrunners for the series and the uh, the screenwriters for the film. Mm-hmm. So much of the the film's middle, you know, the second act harbors around trying to pair up people, and based on some like blackmailing, Simon has to like pair up somebody who's not obviously and they and they and it's through the writing it's all the production design through the the aesthetics of the film itself that they're screaming at and i think it's primarily coming through the writing but the filmmakers help it along as they should screaming at the audience saying this person should not be with this person but it really starts in the writing and i think that mm. that is something uh that she was really successful at that i think did traverse the book to the film into the experience for the audience yeah so let's talk about now how then if she got this book how did it be come this film, which is 
somewhat based on her book and now this series that is just a similar tonal piece with similar characters and whatnot but she is not the one helming yeah this, now that she's story. not she's not at the at the helm of it the adaptation process she had gotten a call and she tells a funny story about this that fox had optioned it and she was on a play date with her friend she has two young boys her friend has three boys and she says i really credit the success of answering that phone call to my friend who was wrangling our five children in the parking lot of a barnes and noble because there's no way that i would have been able to take that call and also handle all these kids running into the parking lot yeah so she's like, that's really the reason that it happened. But like I said, it was Fox that optioned it. Of course, now Disney bought Fox, so all film theatrical rights belong to Disney. So when people ask, Whoops. like, can you do this or is it going to become a play? She's like, I don't know. Disney no is idea. up to decide Disney whatever they want to do with it. Swallowed it whole. Right. <laughs> but when the first movie came out in 2018, that was Fox. And what's crazy as we've said already, it was the first studio film to feature a gay teen protagonist. That was pretty insane. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, so whoever wrote this movie, the first movie, Love Simon, obviously carries over into Love Victor. You had mentioned their names already: Isaac Aptiker and Elizabeth Berger. They were the writers and showrunners for This Is Us, the original movie. Love Simon, also directed by Greg Berlanti, huge on television as well. He did Dawson's Creek, which he Ooh. fought for to have the first gay kiss on television, which he oh, was man. ready to quit if they didn't have it. Oh, like, people man. are ready for this. It was crazy. He's also done all the- Look, see, and that, that's what yeah. he's saying is that the, the late 90s saying like, no, we're, we're, we're ready for this. We are ready. I mean, the tide, the tide was changing. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, he's been screaming since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he actually sought the project out after he learned that the book that Becky wrote was optioned. And mm. was very much coordinating with her and the writers on what significant things the readers loved that can't be changed. So she wow. did have some input into the Love Simon movie. Very cool. As it's far as cool because she has he her finger after. on the pulse. Yeah, with yeah. her audience being like, "Well, the re here's the reason why people that read the book liked it. Don't change this. Don't mess around with that." Right. Some of the issues or imperfections with the original movie that people took issue with was. Yeah, it's not without that its of, guff. It's not without its blowback. Yeah, was that of Simon's main problem just being his confidence, which a lot of people, like I said, in half and half of the emails, people saying, yes, please, and other people saying this is not true and authentic. It was that he didn't have much more issues than that internal thing. He had a supportive right. friend group. He had very liberal parents. <laughs> he had you know, a stable relationship with He had a lot of social them. mobility. He lived in a wealthy uh, that neighborhood. Is yeah, that is the conversation uh, here in Love, Victor. And, and, and hey, good on the showrunners of seeing how they can answer. If, if some if people said if some people had a problem with Love, Victor, perhaps the show actually is your answer to that problem. Uh, Simon had a ton of social mobility. All of his problems were really, really internal until it gets to the blackmail situation about mm -hmm. get me with this person. Uh, but the movie is really about taking control of your own of, of your own coming out. And, and like you said, having the courage to do so. Other than that, it was all done for, you know, that he just had to do it. Uh, Love Victor says, hold on. If I'm a minority with parents who aren't so accepting or understanding, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm and they have their own school. marital problems. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, it, 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 this tries to depict it from a, from every angle possible. Again, as I was saying earlier, is not just the kids in the school, but every character in the show really has got a lot going on, and that's that's so much of the conversation here is to open it up. It's not just Simon and his internal battles. Am I am I mm-hmm. strong enough? Am I am I courageous enough? Can I find the gumption within me to own this? Uh, Victor is is understanding that everybody is having these types of insecurities everybody's having some sort of battle um yeah. and even goes as far as you know just say screw you simon i'm playing by a totally different rule book here yeah I well that's what i think really coming, really valid yeah. premise <laughs> coming to also looking at like who created love simon becky the writer of the book and also greg berlanti who directed it. it's like they're not blind to those criticisms no the purpose no. the purpose of the original one like we talk about building on predecessors the purpose was like why do we have this idealized interaction with the family because it's aspirational it's a romantic comedy that is a right, because he genre. wins because that it's not, not a tragedy yet. yeah yeah and there's a place and time for that and the time and place right now and so or not even tragedy but just here's a different take yeah. on it yeah i thought it was interesting that the two things that he had said that the director greg berlanti had said about the first movie was because that was a big criticism was the parents which is like that's usually a point of contention or parents don't know how to deal with it etc cetera, etc cetera. he was saying the two phrases that he went off of from the parents was the dad saying i still love you which is the thing that a lot of people are looking for and the mom who was jennifer garner who she was mm-hmm. the one who added that scene not because she wanted more screen time but because kind of that mom gene she's like the mom needs to say this people need to know oh, wow. this and what she, she had said that. was yeah and you deserve love not just oh, we still yeah. love you but and you deserve love go out and find yours yes. and he had said that jennifer garner had added that scene and added that dialogue and the big famous thing of her saying now you get to exhale People put that as tattoos on their body because it's such an impactful thing. He was saying also, as I was directing it, everybody was crying. The the guy setting up the lights, like there was not a dry eye on the set. And she and that's when he realized, like, oh, this is something for every everybody needs to know those two things that you're still loved and you deserve love. So that's where it sort of transcends. Now, like you said, with Love Victor, we go into, well, here is another story that is specific to that experience. And so it adds on, it, it builds on the, on the predecessor. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Building on those peripherals um, and building out this to be a, a full, you know, we're going back to this, uh, this normalcy we were talking about earlier. It's like heteronormality, I think is what it's, it's mm-hmm. the, the automatic default and trying to help ease people going through adolescence that, hold on, maybe there's not a default. Maybe right. you're not wrong. And that's what we're uh, saying. Maybe with- if you're not, if you don't have it figured out, that's okay. Yeah. You have time to figure it out. Everybody is figuring it out. Yeah. And everybody, it seems, appreciates this being brought into the dialogue. It was the most watched drama on Hulu for its premiere week. And oh, wow. it had the second highest volume of Twitter conversations for original Hulu programming behind Veronica Mars. Oh, man. That's pretty. So that's it pretty got cool. a lot of public. I mean, people wanted to see it. I think it's really interesting that this is just one novel and 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 trying to continue the world in a in, a, in an authentic way that's bringing something to the conversation, not just like, well, we have an awesome set piece. Let's yeah. keep living there. Um, 
it's it's really cool to see all of these pieces come together, build a new, build a kind of a a, a weird world universe. <laughs> this love the love X universe cinematic right. universe no. well here let me, uh, but, let me let me let me but yeah let me, i'm uh, rambling i'm sorry kind of, well i'm gonna i'm gonna end with something which <laughs> you do not know about which you will be excited Ooh. to know that the author becky albertalli has already done that so if 2015 simon versus Ooh. the homo sapiens agenda came out the book the next book she wrote was in 2017 it's called the upside of unrequited it is still what they call the simon verse so it's different simon verse <laughs> It's different characters, but it's still related and it's in the same area. And it was inspired by Emma of Jane Austen fame. So it's this person who has all these different crushes and doesn't know who they're into and whatnot. Then (laughs) we have 2018, Leah on the offbeat, which is the character Leah in the Simon verse, but it's her POV. And so it's the same people. So she she did write it from everyone in their perspective. Interesting. Yeah. Then she wrote two other books in 28 and 2019 authoring with other people, one of which takes place in Simon's hometown, but it doesn't use any of the same characters. And then just this past week, she came out with another book called Love Creekwood, rounding out the Love X universe. And it's a (laughs) novella of emails of all the characters when they're in college and they're exchanging and what's going on. Oh, so just kind of cool. to, to round yes. it out, because I think her fans had been asking for what in the world's happening with these people. So that mm-hmm. is the official epilogue end to what has happened in this town with these characters in high school. But I just think it's interesting yeah. that she has been doing that for the past six years in book form. That is really awesome. Uh, for something on a, a one-off, yeah. it, it, it evolved in such a rapid, just vicious fashion. <laughs> <laughs> This, this is, is this, is this dangerous? No, this has grown, this has grown exponentially in such a short amount of time. It is, it's kind of incredible. And whether you, like I said, the contention between believing in, oh, well, this Simon story is not mine or is not true, or this Victor story is more in line with what an experience would be. There's so much to tell. And I, I, I loved one of these reviews, the, person at the end was saying when they went to go see it in the theater, they were more moved by the cheers in the audience than the ending. So you don't have to relate to the story, but you can relate to the people around you who are understanding Mm. that story. That that's, it reminded me of, I watched uh, the scene where Simon and Victor meet and Victor is upset because he thinks that his private conversation with Simon has been turned into some sort of joke between Simon and his like college friends, mm-hmm. um, and it turns. And Simon goes, "No, no, no. We're you know each one of my friends has a different piece of a story that I didn't have." And so he he says that they were all putting aside time to come together to cheer on Victor as he was navigating the plot of the show, which I thought was so so heavy. Because each one of them has has something in their life that has caused adversity that they've grown yeah. from. And they were all offering up pieces unbeknownst to Victor. But just the idea that people are out there that have been, if you think you're alone, somebody's been through it. Mm-hmm. Somebody is out. Somebody will support you. Uh, and I thought that was such an important thing to come around at the end of the show to really illustrate that you are just you are not alone, no matter how alone you might feel. Even the people causing that pain, you might have it totally wrong. Who knows? But you're not alone. 
I just thought that was an amazing way to round out the end of that season and bring the Simon character full circle and say more about the premise of the Love Victor show in an answer to the film of going, hold on, that was just one perspective. Yeah. Here's another. Here's another. Everybody's got a piece of this. Yeah. And thank our stars that we're now seeing more perspectives. Yes. 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 So if you're if you're interested in more perspectives, like I said, I'll post links to all the various books that Becky was influenced by and everything. If you're like, I want to read, I've read these books, I already know this stuff, there's way, way more. Oh yeah, let us know. In. I'm sure there's a ton here that we have, have missed. I honestly didn't know anything about the Simon verse until just <laughs> now. And <laughs> that's kind of everything is a universe. Why not? Strong and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, God, thank you, Taylor. This was a blast. Uh, again, if you've if you've read any of this stuff or you have anything to say about what we covered today, uh, feel free to get in contact with us on our Instagram at IlliteratePod, and we will catch you next week. Thanks it's been for a listening. blast. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.